Welcome back to the second half of this podcast episode that I started last week, which is all about how I'm preparing for baby number two. I just had so much to share that I decided to split it into two parts. So enjoy part two of the episode. You've tuned in to She Seeks Pearls, a podcast to lead you into bettering your days through seeking pearls of living that we uncover together. I'm your host, Dorothy, and in this podcast, we discuss vital pieces of wisdom learned that even in the chaos of life, help us to enjoy our days more. Let's dive in. Okay, so moving on, the third thing I'm doing to prepare for my baby's arrival is to spend quality time with my girl. She loves to talk and read books and interact in a way like a quality time kind of way. So I'm trying to give her some really good quality time before this baby arrives. And I also planned out some special toys and activities for her after he's born so that when my attention shifts, then maybe she won't be quite as bothered by it if she has something new and exciting to play with. She loves to climb and run around, so I'm trying to find like a mini trampoline for her that I can just keep in the living room so that she can be active inside. Um, I'm also focusing on learning her love language, which I believe is quality time. And she is also extroverted. So if I can get people to visit us (laughs) or, you know, get out with her and the baby and visit somebody else, I think that's going to really help to fill that need that she has. Um, She just needs to be making eye contact with me and talking with me about whatever she sees like all the time. So um, so from what I know about her. From her being, you know, a year and how many months? A year and four months old? Um, She just needs to talk, 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 and she's got to be around people. So knowing that, I'm trying to plan ways to keep her, like, physically active and also, like, mentally active and being stimulated by being around people. Um, She blabbers on and on, and, and she doesn't like it if I'm distracted and doing something else. Like, she just wants my attention she doesn't like to be hugged or snuggled she is not a physical touch kind of girl she likes to move her own arms thank you very much (laughs) um so i was just trying to think of ways that i could still encourage her to be active since she loves to run around and think of ways that i could continue to have quality time with her after this boy is born I also have been working on certain skills with my daughter that I know she enjoys. She likes the challenge of learning something new, and I try to hone in on that to help her find satisfaction in her work. Like, she enjoys picking up dirt off the floor, showing it to me, and then putting it in the trash can. (laughs) She giggles, and she is all proud of herself after she cleans up a little bit. She loves my vacuum cleaner, and she always wants to hold it and press the buttons and stuff when I use it. So I bought her her own little vacuum cleaner so that she can use it when I vacuum. And uh, she also takes pride in her little vacuuming abilities, too. So she does enjoy that little vacuum cleaner. Uh, Right now, we are working on putting away her toys before naps and before bedtime. So she will put her toys in the bin and oftentimes get distracted by another toy in the process of it all. 
all. But overall, she enjoys the challenge of, you know, when I give her a, a command or a set of directions, she seems to enjoy the challenge of doing that work and, you know, figuring out what it is I'm telling her we've got to do. Um, so depending on, you know, how, what it is actually and how stubborn she's feeling. <laughs> but a lot of times um, she does enjoy that challenge of when I tell her, you know, like, okay, we're going to close the door. She's like, oh, like, here's the door. And she tries to, you know, figure it out. So, yeah. Um, so I've just been trying to work with her on ways that she can be more productive in our home and contribute towards keeping our home tidy while also finding interest and satisfaction in her work as well. So I have just been trying to challenge her brain in a developmentally good way because if she's not challenged or mentally stimulated enough by things like that, she gets bored and grumpy. So I like to try to keep her mind challenged with some of those daily activities and teach her new skills so that she can continue to work on this after the baby's born. The fourth thing that I have in mind is to get ahead on whatever I can. That includes podcast recordings, <laughs> which I'm about two, three weeks out for my due date as I'm recording this. So I'm just a little bit ahead on podcasts, uh, and then I will be taking a break from the podcast so that I can focus on caring for my little ones after this baby boy arrives. I also think ahead for my personal schedule, like what is due and when, um, and that could be anything. Like, what are my benefits selections due? Like, when are those due for my work's health insurance plan? Um, when is my car's annual inspection due? You know, when are certain payments due? All that kind of stuff. I also think in terms of celebrations, like who is having a birthday coming up that I can prepare for and think of a gift for them and maybe have a card picked out a while, you know, things like that. I know most people would be understanding of me maybe not giving them a gift on time or acknowledging their special day, you know, immediately or whatever, but I don't want to neglect those things for my loved ones, especially since I can still celebrate with them after having my baby. The world doesn't stop because I have a baby, and so rather than trying to think about or worry about that getting that person like a nice gift or whatever after the baby is born, I'll try to be proactive and think of a gift or what I'll do for that person before my baby's born so that I can still celebrate with my loved one, but also not really like stress about forgetting about their big day. Um, and it helps by doing that just by thinking ahead of the game. Now, the fifth thing that I have in mind to help prepare for baby number two is to prepare financially for adding this child into our family. So that means not only budgeting for diapers and supplies like that, but also budgeting for my maternity leave and my husband's paternity leave. So thankfully, my husband actually gets six weeks full paid paternity leave. So we're grateful for that. You know, I only get the first six weeks, I only get up to like 60% of my pay and the other 40% I have to supplement with my own paid time off, which I don't have very much of. So I won't, I won't be making what I normally do. And then the last six weeks goes fully off of my own paid time off. So, um, so basically my husband will be paid better than I will during my maternity leave. So I'm thankful that he has a good paternity leave. So I just, I probably should not get started on complaining about my maternity leave benefits or lack of them. <laughs> At least I have something, but anyways, so that's something that, um, that we definitely need to plan for because it's not like our paychecks will be the same when I'm on leave. 
Um, so I can, of course, take off my full 12 weeks maternity leave. Um, and like I said, I don't get fully paid for that. Um, so basically, that's what I mean by financially preparing. Just to know like what the income situation is and how to work around that until I get back to working after my leave is over. I'm not a financial guru or anything, so I don't have any like specific tips or tricks to share with you on this topic, except my main point is here, um, is to be in communication with your spouse on this matter so that you can expect what the money situation will look like during that maternity leave time frame. So no, I'm sorry, I don't have any great, you know, like hacks on, you know, do this with this account and then you'll get this extra income or whatever. I don't know i i'm not the greatest with that at all <laughs> so but um my point is here again is to just be proactive by talking with your spouse about what the money situation is going to be looking like while you're on your leave so that um you know it doesn't come as a surprise to anybody so and the sixth thing um that i have so far um is prayer and scripture memorization I could certainly always do better about being in prayer each day and reading my Bible each day, but when I do, I have a lot more peace about this upcoming life change. When I was in labor with my daughter, I had about 10 Bible verses that I had memorized while I was pregnant with her, but the only one that I could remember or that stood out to me while I was pushing her without an epidural was, (laughs) I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that was definitely what I needed to help get me through that pain. So I feel like I'll definitely be focusing on that Bible verse this time around too. Now, I didn't memorize as many Bible verses as I had with my daughter um, when I was pregnant with her, but um, still, I'm um, trying to be focused on putting the the Word of God in my memory um, to help get me through you know, like all of the pain and any anxiety or worry or whatever, you know, exhaustion, (laughs) all of those things that are, you know, likely to happen when I go into labor. So, um, definitely scripture memorization is one of the things that, um, I put on my list of to do's before this baby arrives. Lastly, the seventh major thing that I've been working on to prepare for baby number two is communication with my husband, Jack. So this goes to anything from basic day-to-day stuff down to talking about our connection and how we're going to stay connected emotionally and physically after this baby arrives. It can be easy to let the kids run the show and just to try to keep them happy and content. So sometimes the connection in the marriage would take a back seat for a while. And I hate that so much. Like there wouldn't be these kids without the two of us. So we talk about ways that we can stay connected after this baby arrives, like time together without our phones or TV each day, time going out on a simple date night, and stuff like that. We talked about our love languages and how we most feel loved by the other. Basically, we just put it all out in the open about any concerns we have about us after this baby is born. Like, I have concerns that we won't have as much quality time together, especially with it being hunting season as well. So we talked about making sure that we have time to just talk face-to-face and just be with each other without distractions, you know, well, as much as possible, avoid distractions when we're trying to have quality time. 
And his love language is like gifts and honestly, food is a love language for him as well. (laughs) So I feel better about our connection and everything after this baby is born just by having that entire freezer full of meals that are just ready to go so so that Jack can just heat it up and he can you know, eat it. And, and, and basically like he feels like taken care of, like, good, there's food that we can eat. (laughs) He's just so happy when there's a good meal. And I often struggle to routinely get good meals on the table. Um, just lately with being so pregnant and tired all the time and night shift and a toddler and, you know, those are my excuses, but yeah, I've just been having a hard time getting like a good, nice cooked meal on the table. So I'm glad I did all of that hard work up front of doing those freezer meals so that he can have his happy and full tummy and we can have quality time together eating those meals. (laughs) Um, you know, So I know that that's a gift that he'll really appreciate just to know that there will be food on the table. But yeah, basically, I just talk with my husband about how I envision things to be after this baby is born. And it's not so that we can prepare for exactly how it's going to be because it may not be anything like we pictured, but communication about expectations and desires never hurts, in my opinion. We talked about a general sleeping plan and how we will both get the rest we need in the first few weeks after the baby is born. So, you know, we reviewed how things went with our daughter and how we're going to approach sleeping the same way. Like I'd go to bed early and right when I put my daughter down for the night and I'd put in earplugs so that I could tune out any noise and be able to get some sleep because oddly enough, any noise that I heard if even if it was just a sound of a door opening to me it sounded like my daughter was crying and it would mess with my mind and I wouldn't be able to go to sleep even if she was sleeping I would just think like oh my gosh she's crying so (laughs) so we came up with this plan where like you know I will go to bed when I put her you know in for bed for the night um and I would put in earplugs so that I could get sleep and then Jack would stay awake and you know he's just a night owl he likes to stay up late and you know watch YouTube videos on hunting or play some video games or something like that so he would have the baby monitor and stay up late and you know just check up on her and watch her and just make sure that she was okay Um, and then if our daughter woke up like and she was crying and she actually needed to nurse then he would just get her out of the crib and bring her to me you know wake her up and bring her to me but Basically, we talk about it so that, you know, we can review, okay, so when we did this in the past, how has this worked? And do we want to try that with this baby, you know, this time around? So we were in communication about that and decided like, yeah, that was a really good system. Like I felt like I could get some sleep, you know, in the first part of the night and he doesn't mind staying up until midnight or 1am or whatever. I don't know. I think he's crazy, but (laughs) I'm like... Oddly enough, I work night shift, but I am a go to sleep at 9 p.m. kind of person. So, um, but yeah, so we just talk about that and um, like our plan and our desires when it comes to sleeping patterns. Um, That was just super helpful because we could just get it all out on the table. I mean, how disastrous would it be if both of us expected the other to get the baby out when they cried? 
we'd definitely be having some bad attitudes or something in that moment. (laughs) So we try to be proactive in our communication by talking about our desires, not expectations, but our desires of each other in these times after welcoming this boy into our family. So it never hurts to talk about it, even if um, the things that we talked about aren't anything close to the experiences that we'll actually encounter, it's still um, healthy to be communicating about um, things that you know you two can prepare for in the future. So, all right, now that includes this uh, two-part podcast episode on my preparation for baby number two. I hope that this information was inspiring and helpful to you uh, if you're in this similar time of life. If not, I think so many of us women can benefit from that freezer meal process. So definitely go check out my blog post on SheSeeksPearls.com to get that free download. Uh, Go to my blog on that website and look for the blog post titled Freezer Meals. Um, You can get that free download where I spill all the details on how I achieved this many freezer meals to enjoy while healing from delivery and adjusting to having a new baby in the family. If you have a loved one who is overwhelmed or doesn't know where to begin when it comes to preparing for welcoming another child in the family, I'd appreciate if you lovingly shared this two-part episode with her. Also, take note that this is my last podcast episode until I return from maternity leave, which will be sometime roughly in December or January, all depending on how I'm doing and how the family's doing. So thank you for sticking with me. I hope you and your family have a lovely Thanksgiving and Christmas. So until then, take care, ladies, and thanks for listening.